0: Today's gospel is part of a longer string of challenges from earlier in this chapter that we did not hear of today. These challenges were given by the chief priests, scribes, and elders who were questioning Jesus' authority. And so part of this group, that's what we hear today, the Sadducees questioning Jesus' The Sadducees are a political faction of the Jewish community who in that time were dedicated to the temple and temple life, and they were particularly opposed to any teaching that resurrection was possible. Instead, they rooted themselves in a more worldly response about how they viewed eternal life, which was by producing offspring that carry the name and teachings into the future. Their position was rooted in their focused belief in just the first five books of the Bible. They are using those early scripture books today, the Torah, to test Jesus, claiming that the Torah Torah speaks nothing of eternal life through resurrection. But Jesus takes exception and teaches in a way a rabbi of the day would teach, giving a logic structure that supports just the opposite, His teaching ends with this statement that the dead will rise and even Moses made known in this passage about the burning bush when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he said, he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. His meaning here is that all those Moses spoke of, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, are still alive. Because those have relationship with God and his eternal love in this life and in the next. Why would Moses call out to God in that way but for the fact that they have continual standing with God? Moses, and Jacob, or Isaac and Jacob. They continue to have relationship with God in this life when they were here and in the next. And so Moses calls out in that way. It didn't end with their earthly death. So I pose this question to you today. What do you spend time concerned about in this world that won't matter a hill of beans in the next? Or maybe flipping that question to say, what matters should we be thinking about regarding eternity that will guide my life today? Essentially, where is our focus Is it mired in the despairing or getting angry about the struggles of the world and consequently robbing us of our peace, our joy, our love? If so, why? It's like a gospel story we may recall regarding Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus. Martha was focused on the external worldly needs predominantly, While Mary was focused on Jesus and what he promises by his very presence. And I'm not trying to point out that Martha was wrong with her care and seeking to take care of those in need in the world. But the things we do in this world should be filtered by, informed by, guided by the awareness of Jesus' call to follow him into the eternal life with his Father. That's the focus that we should hold. Which is why resurrection happened, to, connect us to the, reconnect us to the Father, to open the gates of heaven. Mary was focused on ministering to Jesus at his feet with her tears of joy, hope, and love. As you might know, this week I was at an encounter ministry leadership conference back in Michigan. Some of you I shared that with and asked for your prayers while I went. And it focused on a deeper spiritual growth and identity. This question from the Sadducees in our gospel passage today came front and center for me at the conference. I realized so deeply the truth that we take nothing with us when we die, our focused love is all we take our love of God or we are self-centered loving only ourselves in this I'm talking about that self-love at the expense of loving God it's good to love yourself but not at the expense of loving God so we pray for the divine mercy of God to allow us to shed this love of self if not here in this world then as Father Nathan has pointed out in the past in purgatory we pray To let go of those things that hold us back from just the abundant pouring out of love that God wants to give us. Our love of God, our love of others, our love of Christ, who opens the way to that eternal life through his resurrection. That's all we bring out of this life into the eternal life. So, this is something that has been transformative for me. And I'm trying not to be too exuberant on the ambo here, but my gosh, I am on fire for the Lord. This week has been one more addition to this walk of my life, my salvation history, and my own life. And I'm on fire today to speak before you. Because aspects of Christ's promise... They've had effect in my life this week. I've seen the effect upon people who are broken, are hurt, are empty. Many of you may relate to that right now. We prayed for each other and over each other, and I saw the power of God gush forth from our gifts of baptism and confirmation. I think we sit at times in the pew and think... I wish I had what that person had to do healing, do miraculous things. And the truth is, we diminish God's ability in us. In just a week, I'm going to celebrate my 15th anniversary as a deacon. And I saw this week something so profound that exceeds anything I've seen in the last 15 years. Thanks be to God, I'm enlivened again. And again, we will be, if we just stop diminishing the potential that our baptism gives us. We're called to literally take what we receive and do way more than many of us can think of. To take it literally from here into the world and share it in a way that is profoundly effective in the people's lives who we meet. To burn out evil around us. Let go more and more and not focus on the worries of the world and instead focus on the promises of heaven. Christ will show us who we need to pray for. Christ will bring into our lives those who will affect us for his glory. If we stop trying to control and get in that way. I'm with you. I'm, I'm one of you. I'm not here to say I'm different. But I am changed. I am changed by what I saw. Like the woman at the well. That's what kept th- coming in my mind. The woman at the well was so excited. She went back and told everybody. I'm telling you. What I saw was profound. And what I believe with that profound sight. I witness with a profound affection for God. We are baptized into his death and we rise with him through his resurrection. Being called to do what he did and more because he says I'm going to the Father. Those things that he spoke of are healing, deliverance, and resurrection of hope in the life to come. uh, To people who've never heard the truth or people who hear the truth and think it's just not for me. I don't get it. Well, maybe you don't get it because you get in the way of it. Nothing in this world will deeply satisfy our hearts. Nothing. Because we're created to be bodily and spiritually in eternal life. In the presence of God, worshiping and praising Him constantly. That's our destination as baptized. And through the conference I kept bumping into this notion of Martha and being about the work more than about the promise. Martha you worry about many things Jesus said to her and then if you recall he says but Mary has chosen the better. Mary at the feet of Jesus pouring out her love for him. You know a woman came up to me at the end of the conference I was I was just exhausted in such a good way. And I thought, okay, now I can catch my breath. I'm going to go over here and have some lunch. And this woman came up to me and she said, Deacon, Deacon, I've been wanting to talk to you all week since the very beginning. And she said, God had put on her heart words to share with me. She poured out prayer in the beginning of this discussion over me. And then she said those words to me. God says, you worry about many things. Trust in me. And I just cried. There's no way she could have known I was thinking of that. No way. The Holy Spirit was moving in that moment. It continues to move in this moment, never stops moving. We just lose sight. You see true worship of God is to abandon ourselves to his love and especially this worship that we do here today to see not just a flat piece of bread that father holds up at the consecration but Christ's body and blood we should not come to communion to make us feel good like we're practicing the right practice for the for the practice's sake what the Sadducees did today. They were so tied up in the process in the worldly action and the performance of being Catholic that they lost sight of the root of what that is made from. It's made from God's love and grace. We're here today to know, love and serve God in this beautiful life-giving action of the Mass which opens us to receive Christ who is the resurrection. To receive him into our very body. There's nothing more intimate in your life than to consume something. And we consume Christ and he intimately enters into our body at our yes to receive him. That's the power of God's grace in this act we do here. And when we understand this and embrace it, well then we will allow ourselves to be transformed by it so that we may see God in each other and in ourselves. So we may know who we are and whose we are. Children of God. So let us pray for each other as St. Paul says today, that the word of the Lord may speed forward and be glorified in us. As it did among the disciples. And that we may be delivered from perverse and wicked people. We died with him in our baptism and we will rise with him. If we keep focused on him. And not on things of the world. St. Paul reminds us that the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen us and guard us against the evil one. And finally he prays, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God, and to the endurance of Christ. He wants us to be a church on fire for the Lord, and to bring truth and love into this world, rooting our identity as children of God.